and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with another hybrid show where we review double game week 29, but also preview blank game week 30, of which there is just not that much to talk about. But I'm sure Andy and I can still long it out into an hour and a half long episode. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined by the aforementioned Andy Case. Andy, uh, another not so great game week for you, but I've had a three million rank rise. So stick that in your pipe. I mean, great, yeah, but uh, I, I wouldn't have been mathematically possible for me to rise three million, would it? So uh, it's not all relative. Close, really, is it? And, not, even, uh, not even close. You've got still probably got minus God knows how many points as well. Minus so. God knows how many points. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I guess that does that is the big reveal that yeah, I've decided to to I got I got a bit jealous really. I got jealous of uh, of us talking about playing the game and not really getting involved so obviously you know it's a bit of a dead rubber for me in terms of rank and you know what what we were all aiming for at the start of the season but yeah I'm back into it and not, not gonna not gonna let not gonna let things go cold it's good to you know it's good to keep uh good to keep right on it keep a finger on the pulse and uh hopefully that's gonna, that's gonna breed some some great content uh from game week 31 onwards I guess well one great piece of content which has died a sorry death is you used to like give me a compliment at the start of every show I used to compare me to something good and compare yourself to something bad and I'm I'm disappointed that that's disappeared so we need to collectively up our game I'll take we'll take joint responsibility there yeah absolutely yeah I mean I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you are taking some responsibility for the fact that the compliments aren't forthcoming anymore because yeah you've got to look in the mirror at the very least but um yeah I will I will I will endeavor to to be kinder to you going going forward um but yeah as uh as i said at the top of the show this is uh, another hybrid it may well be one of the final hybrids of the season although it's it's always difficult i mean to I, I hope so i hope so because they're always so long and we can't do a proper review or preview in either of them can we so it, you know it is a poor relative to to our proper usual schedule well, so. maybe. Although I think feel like all the segments in the in the preview remain, whereas we do drop a few uh, in the review. But they happen to be my favourite ones, so you know, never mind. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's crack on with with the review. Uh, well, obviously, on our hybrid shows, we have a slightly shorter review where we do run down all the players on the radar. But obviously, they were very focused on the double game week, so there's plenty to talk about. And um, we've got a pretty straightforward swimming against the tide to to review, and then we'll finish with captaincy as we always do. And then that's before we start previewing uh, blank game week. 30. So let's start, Andy, with the teams that doubled in this game week. I guess it's um, worth saying to the listeners now, just because of our own personal schedules, we won't be, oh, we are recording this before um, Everton play Newcastle. That's tomorrow. So we were recording Wednesday evening, but we have just seen, uh, or maybe not seen, but we have just heard the final whistle in Arsenal versus Liverpool. So maybe Arsenal is the best place to start. Um, a decent start to the game week. Um, for, for for the Gunners uh, were beating Leicester 2-0 but then they sort of had the reverse uh, at home uh, just now against Liverpool I guess nothing majorly to be concerned about for Arsenal going forward they're still um, you know in pole position I guess the top four and have looked good when they played some of the weaker sides but ultimately got undone against one of the best teams in the league yeah and they didn't play that badly in the first half either um, I think the positives to take from it is that they the, the eleven, the starting eleven is pretty consistent um, and and all kind of performing well, um, albeit you know I think they'd want they'd obviously want like Tomoyasu um, if he if he was fit at right back it's it's been Cedric Suarez last three games but that's just that's an injury thing and, and Cedric to be fair has done all right by the, the looks of things um, as a backup, um, so the, yeah the consistent the performance that can 
performances are consistent the lineup's fairly consistent um they're the positives to take away and they've got you know martinelli had a, had a lot of good touches in this game um he and saka are you know becoming more and more reliable it shows that you know i think smith Rowe came off the bench again and, and again looked okay on the ball and and it's it's a shame really that a player like him can't can't get in this team he got in the england squad earlier in the season didn't he and uh i i do wonder if he'd be thinking as a young player like i mean he obviously loves arsenal's come through the arsenal academy but like he he if this continues for the rest of this season and goes into next season he'd be wondering like he'd be wanting game time if 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 I would if I was yeah him, it was linked so. heavily with Villa wasn't he in, in in the summer but um but yeah I guess it's it's maybe more Odegaard keeping him out of the team I, I guess yeah. in a way I know it was sort of uh sort of Martinelli um who kind of come in for for Smith Rowe earlier in the year and I remember obviously Smith Rowe went on that that run where even when he was on the bench he was still scoring every game which was incredibly frustrating for people that didn't own him for 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 the fact that he wasn't starting anyway um but 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 yeah I mean what, do, what is was there anything um, from Lacazette, I guess that, that perhaps you saw uh, in 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 the first game, Andy. I think from an FPL point of view, we kind of know where we're at almost with with Martinelli, Saka, and Odegaard now. They're they're all very affordable midfielders that have got returns in the last uh, in, in the last well multiple game weeks. Um, Saka nothing necessarily in this one, but obviously his form going into this game this game week was was really good. Lacazette, however, a slightly more expensive option, but a forward. Lacking forwards a little bit, but we didn't in a lot in terms of goals. And I think he got, um, but he did get a goal in in in, in this game week, but albeit from the penalty spot. Was there anything else in front of goal that maybe we saw, or is it more about the link-up play and that assist potential from him? Yeah, still, still the um the assist potential mainly. I was I was um, you know, on the on the preview for this game week, we were sort of having an R and over him, and I wasn't convinced necessarily that uh, his assist threat he'd been making a lot of assists recently was. Was sustainable. He's not someone who's who's produced consistent attacking returns in FPL. Um, and yeah, obviously, the, like you say, the goal came from a penalty. So I'm not going to rely on that. However, Arsenal are one of only eight teams that are playing at all in blank game week 30. So I'll leave, I suppose, everything uh, that I, you know, re- I'll leave revealing everything that I saw in this in in this first game and my opinions on it to the preview. Yep, makes sense, makes sense. Uh, let's move on then to to Brighton. Um, we were not keen on any Brighton assets, and I guess they they sort of uh, justified that that decision making in, in in this game. We ultimately they were playing Liverpool, excuse me, and Tottenham. Um, you know, two relatively difficult games, and and no really no real returns or anything to shout about from a Brighton point of view. Um, six defeats on the bounce, though, Andy. I think for them now. Um, I believe you own their goalkeeper, and I think I do as well. Um, I wonder if it's maybe start time to start shifting off them, or, or, or whether you know. I know that you may be wildcarding soon. Whether whether Robert Sanchez is going to survive your wildcard, and uh, I think slowly but surely Graham Potter's t- uh, sort of working himself out of the being the next Everton manager when Frank Lampard inevitably gets sacked. Well, I mean, I would say maybe there's no get rid of getting rid of him and that you know, i'm going to be wildcarding at some point probably not in the too distant future but coming back to the argument we've always made the extra value you get often for for keepers it would it's i find it difficult sometimes to justify the extra money even if it's only half a mil um because of the better value you can get spending that money elsewhere on the pitch and brighton don't concede that many goals like six Obviously, they've had lots of defeats recently, and 
things aren't going that well for them. But their their biggest problem is they've only scored 26 goals this season. That, that's the big problem because they've only conceded 36, um, which for a team in 13th, you know, 36 in 29 games, it's not that bad. And actually, that even that is probably slightly more than the underlying numbers. I mean, they're, you know, when we were looking at it in the preview, something like fourth best in the league or something for underlying numbers uh, in terms of expected goals conceded over the course of this whole season only Liverpool Chelsea City I think it was better than them so yeah it's at 4.5 million I think there's still potential there for um you know for the for the price a, a reasonable number of, of returns but yeah what one thing I haven't done one thing I haven't factored into that comment I've just made is is Brighton's fixture run to the end of the season and, and that would maybe help me uh determine whether he he stays post my wild card yeah absolutely but I think from just from a you know sort of sheer results point of view i think uh, i think something needs to be done to, to to sort of stop the slide at brighton they're uh, going it feels like it's going a little bit stale even though generally speaking on the eye that you know they, they still look okay um let's move on to everton obviously there's only so much we can say about them andy at this stage because we haven't seen their second game um but obviously a defeat at home in the first game to wolves i think they're 17th in the table level on points now with the team that are in the uh, the bottom three things are looking pretty desperate um, and they desperately do need a result tomorrow against against Newcastle nothing really here from an FPL point of view but they are likely to double a lot in coming weeks so if a if a player if an asset could come to the fore um, it would be you know now would be the time to sort of raise their hand uh, I, I guess a little bit um, but you know, ultimately at home to Wolves they created sort of under 0.5 xg really poor um you know i guess they did only concede one goal uh you know to to to, to a center back but still there's really nothing to get excited about is there i mean there isn't really no and i think me and you have, have um taken joys a bit strong but you know not not been shy about sort of poking fun at Everton a little bit and pointing out how bad they've been this season and um you know i i it's actually getting to the point now where it's just a bit sad to see. Um, I, I, you know, my, I don't know if I've said this on the pod before, but Chris, I think you'll probably know my dad is an Everton fan and it makes him very sad. And so it makes me sad. And uh, although I enjoy ribbing him, uh, you know, I, this, this, this is maybe a little bit too far. Let's, I, I am, I am hoping that they can, that they can pull themselves out of this. Yeah, I mean, it would be one of them you know, if they were. Yeah, I, I, there is no fray. There's no such thing as being too good to go down. But on paper, they've got a good enough side to to, to stay up, you would think. And uh, but it's whether they've got the manager, frankly. And uh, all pun, pardon, yeah. pardon pun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've never been convinced of Frank Lampard. He did very little in the Championship. They did very little at Chelsea, and now he's going to do very little at Everton as well. So um, that's well, where. Uh... It's... Maybe, maybe, maybe the rest of Everton's team should take a point out of a a a, a leaf out of Dominic Calvert Lewin's book because I've heard heard he's good at picking up three points. Is this a is this a uh, is this a driving sort of a speeding? Yeah, he got a, uh, he, got a he got a speeding uh, speeding thing this week. Yeah, oh, uh, so little little speeding gag there for you. I mean, to I mean, probably shouldn't admit this on, on a podcast, but I was when I was driving recently, I, there was definitely a camera flash, and I was definitely on in hindsight over the limit but that that fine hasn't come through yet so uh fingers crossed uh they got a very bad photo of of of, of the car that i do not own um better clarify that i'm not stolen it i'm just driving <laughs> the car. there we go uh yeah that, that's the reason why we don't go too off piste on on this podcast uh, let's talk about liverpool instead andy plenty to talk about from 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 this point of view um i was having a conversation with a listener over the weekend um and they were very keen on your lewis diaz pick um i guess it was um 
you know, something that you'd seen on the eye, really. It wasn't really showing up in the underlying numbers, although it was to a lesser extent. But ultimately, he has settled pretty quickly into Premier League football and uh, and, and got a goal in the first game. Um, but it's been Liverpool's defensive sort of performances over, over the course of the two that's going to result in Joel Matip, Andy Robertson, Virgil van Dijk and Trent Alexander-Arnold, get, I think, probably all getting double-digit holes this game week. Yeah, well, where there was rotation, obviously, in that front line, there wasn't in the, in the defence. I think all four of the back four started both games, uh, Robbo, Trent, Matip and Van Dyke. So uh, they've both ended up, yeah, getting, well, they've all ended up getting getting two clean sheets. In fact, an attacking return, one for Robbo, uh, I think an assist and one for, for Matip. So, yeah, obviously great, um, great for them. And, and, and obviously those, those attacking ones you mentioned, obviously Diaz did get a goal, Salah got a goal, Jota got a goal. Um, in, in, Firmino got a goal as well, so it was just Mane. He, he did actually, one. yeah. So four out of the five attacking ones each each got one. And what I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of that this season going forward with Liverpool. Um, ro- rotation between that front five, they've all shown themselves capable. Um, they, they've got obviously going to have like Champions League, potentially FA Cup. Liverpool have never been in this position where they, you know, when they've won trophies, they've won one. Where, you know, the year they won the Champions League, they didn't they didn't win the Premier League. When they won the Premier League, I think they went out quite early, around the 16, maybe even in the Champions League. So they've never had to fight on multiple fronts like this. And um, you know that there's a there's a reasonable choice. It's Forest for them, I think, in in the in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, isn't it? So. Uh, we, we were discussing just before the pod. I'm not sure there's many teams that the English sides will be particularly worried of. Um, maybe Bayern aside in, in in the Champions League left either now. So um, so yeah, Liverpool have a, have a. I mean, th- this is disgusting to even think about the chance of either one of those sides, Chelsea, uh, City, or, or Liverpool doing a oh, doing a treble. But um, yeah, I mean they 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 both have a genuine chance of it this season. Now we're getting to the, the they're both getting to these latter stages, so I think that's going to require the 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 rotation a little bit more of those front players. Yeah, absolutely. And where the, I guess where the Premier League looked looked wrapped up, um, you know, a, a few a few weeks ago, it, it no longer is. It's just a one point gap now after City drawing at, at, at the weekend. So, so yeah, I think as you as you say, Liverpool fighting on multiple fronts. Although I will just put in that my. My sneaky, I have a sneaky suspicion that Forest are going to do them in the FA Cup. And, really? Uh, yeah, I do. I think Forest are just in really great form at the minute, and I think that you know I, I, could, I could just see it. In fact, it's one of them good old-fashioned ties, I guess, because Forest used to be a you know European powerhouse, and I think it's there's going to be a lot, you know, a lot of that. You know, it's the 70s all over again, and I could I could just see Forest doing doing a bit of a number on them. But but at the same time, um, it's the sort of thing I'd back at a big price. I wouldn't back at a short one because you know I'm not don't feel that confident in it. But I could, you know I could see it. And if, if it does happen, you heard it here first. If it doesn't happen, you never heard anything. Um, but but yeah, no, I think I, I think I think you're right to sort of mention that that rotation. That will be interesting to see, particularly from an FPL point of view, um, how often Salah might get rotated. Obviously, he picked up a bit of an injury, I think, didn't he? In in, in game one, supposedly he was fit enough for the bench tonight and did come on. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what if fully fit, how often he gets rotated going forward. Um, Newcastle, not so much to say about this lot either. Obviously, we still have only seen the one game um, from them, uh, and that was against Chelsea, and they played a played a slightly different formation, so Ryan Fraser didn't end up playing. Um, but put in a decent defensive performance again, I guess, um, you know, while their defence is while their defence is relatively cheap, Andy, and they have okay underlying numbers, they still have conceded goals, not a lot of clean sheets to show um, from, from Newcastle at the minute. But I guess on the whole, there's been an improvement under Eddie Howe, and that shouldn't go unnoticed. No, they're, they're, they've 
they've they've done well um and their underlying numbers have improved as well as just the the results so um yeah if they if if they have decent fixtures in the future i mean obviously they still have evidence playing this game week and I don't even know what to make of that fixture. Like, if it finished 3-3 or it finished 0-0, I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised either way. Um, you, you know, you could see, you could almost see anything in that game. So, so yeah, um, you know, Newcastle conceded plenty earlier in the season, but they're away from home in this in this game as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it's difficult to, to trust them 100% therefore, but but no, definitely seems like an, an improvement from them. Um, I think what's, we, we mentioned this on the preview, that, that you know they're through now that point of all the all the doubles that they had so if you're looking at them as a single game week proposition then it might start to get a little bit harder trying to sort of really nail your colors to the mask for any kind of clean sheet points or whatever from from newcastle players yeah i think that's a, that's a good point well made it's that you know no one's still really emerged for, for, from newcastle so we probably won't be speaking about them that often unless another uh sort of big asset does does emerge uh, and let's finish andy with with tottenham Obviously, we were really, um, really hot on or really high on Kane, Son, Doherty and Kulisevsky going into this. It was two of them, really, that that, that performed, um, I guess, uh, or, you know, ended up with multiple returns. Two goals for Harry Kane, two assists for Kulisevsky. Um, a pretty quiet week uh, for Son, and I guess from a Doherty point of view, no no attacking returns and, and just one clean sheet. Um, I'm assuming that you watched... Uh, the Tottenham defeat, at least against against Man United. Um, what did you see from Spurs going forward in terms of their shape that maybe would lean us to, and without burying the lead for later, would maybe lead us to to, to picking a Kane over a Son? Well, I mean, it's not just that game. Uh, it's it generally, really, I think under Conte, Kane's been playing much more in the box um, and much more of a focal point. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not. I, I don't know if that justifies or explains Son's kind of quietness in these two two games. So it's been a bit of an odd one for him this season. Um, when when he was, you know. There was a period, particularly last season, where him and Kane were consistently almost setting each other up, and, and Son was was scoring as many goals as him. Um, yeah, this year it's been a little bit different, and like yeah, Kulusevski's come in and, and, and been nicking a couple of those assists off him there as well. So um, I'm not sure really if if it's if it's as straightforward as this, but for you know at least on the surface it looks like perhaps Kane being the main focal point for goals and Kulisevsky coming in and, and sharing some of the assists around, the two of them are sort of leeching off some of the returns that Son would have been getting last season. Yeah, I think I think that probably makes makes some logical sense uh, at the very least. And yeah, Kulisevsky really has adapted pretty pretty well. I think there's been a few January signings, him, him and Luis Diaz, obviously two that we've already mentioned, that, that have kind of hit the ground running. And that is rarely said about January signings. So, um, you know, Andy and I have always been firm advocates of, you know, not wildcarding um, before any transfer window slams shut. And I guess uh, we were more kind of, you know, justified in, in saying that uh, in January too. And yeah, I think uh, both players have kind of come to the fore, albeit, you know, we're talking about them in March um, and, and the end of January w- w- was a, f- a fair few weeks ago. I think it's uh, it's good to see these players that, you know, settle quickly and become, become assets for both their team and for FPL managers. Uh, let's move on to our swimming at the tide. This was very straightforward, but um, ultimately, uh, Reece, James was in the top three most transferred in at the time of our recording, but he had a flag. So I guess we were ultimately just flagging that this was a bad idea because he had an injury. Um, I guess it was, again, overreaction, Andy, to, um, to, to him returning in the, what, the first 
game of Chelsea's double in the previous game week. Uh, and therefore, yeah, I guess holding your transfers until you've got a little, little bit more information, even if you do miss a price rise, always seems worthwhile. I mean, I think so. There's there's definitely plenty of people than me that I've seen with more money in the bank, right? And that's allowed them to make moves in in um, free hit weeks in particular. That they, they, you know they've had more money to to play with the, the big twenty eight one. I, I noticed quite a few teams with players, and I just thought, uh, you know, I definitely cannot afford all of those premiums. So maybe there's some advantages to trying to get ahead of price moves when when they happen there that some people would argue out. But for me like having a, a player in my team that's kind of just a dead weight basically that's then injured because I've I've gone too early that that that's almost like a guaranteed minus 4 so even any gain you get from having more money to get a different player that player's then got to score four more points for it to be like worth you having done that over me not having an injured player in my team if if you see what I'm saying there so yeah um a strange swimming against the tide and we almost felt a little bit guilty doing it but it's just he was so highly transferred in it, it we, we had we had to state we felt we had to at least state the obvious yeah absolutely it was handed to us on a plate but uh finish our dinner we did uh, and let's finish off andy with captain this also should be relatively straightforward because ultimately our, the captains were heavily influenced by you know by double game week teams and and ultimately the ones that we previewed on the radar but um salah i guess was possibly the you know the most obvious captaincy pick this week but i guess because of his slight injury that he picked up before arsenal where he was supposedly only fit for the bench uh, this evening, I guess that maybe limited his upside, but obviously, you know, no one, no one was to know that. And uh, I guess, therefore, that brings to the fore, you know, the players like a Trent, players like, um, play, I guess maybe Robertson. Uh, I guess we would have spoken about Mane too, but obviously he ended up blanking across the two games. Um, but Liverpool's defence, I guess it was hard to know if they would keep a clean sheet against Arsenal. I guess we could have expected it against Brighton, but the Arsenal game was a bit more, bit more of a toss-up. But uh, ultimately, they did end up. Um, they did end up keeping a clean sheet, and and as always with Liverpool defenders in general now, whether it's that's centre backs or the full backs, they can always be be relied upon for attacking returns too. Yeah, I mean we've have I think mentioned on the preview we've seen even Trent and Robertson getting rotated at points um, this season, but no, here obviously they've they've played both games, and and that's um, yeah that was kind of an upside for them in this game week. So if you were kind of bold enough to go to go Trent then it's worked out for you. I mean, Robertson actually is the one of the two that's ended up with an attacking return in this double. So, you know, even more props to you if you've if you've gone for him, that that is bold. But um, yeah, all those, but I think had you and I, you know, had the knowledge before the game week that all four of those defenders were definitely starting both games, we'd have probably been a lot more strong on uh, on looking at them for, for captaincy, even perhaps over a Trent, just simply because, you know, uh, sorry, over, over a Salah, because we, um, we kind of suspected before we knew about the injury, you know, we thought with with the games coming up that 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 Salah or at least some of those front three weren't going to play both games. Absolutely, and yeah, while there is lots of rotation among Liverpool's kind of front five uh, at the moment, there is less rotation uh, at Tottenham, and as we've already mentioned, obviously two goals for Kane in this game week, two assists for Kulusevski. So sticking the armband on either of those would have been pretty profitable. Uh, I guess less so for Doherty and Son, but still not not terrible returns. I guess the seven for Doherty, only five for some, but you know, still could have been a lot worse. And that was five also for, for Saka, who uh, who obviously played um, who, who played against Leicester and Liverpool. Um, 
not too much to take away, I guess, from this, Andy. I guess there was a bit of a debate from from, from us over the kind of Salah versus Kane, and who which would you kind of go for there? I guess in the end, Kane possibly ended up winning, but definitely going into the game, we could still felt a bit more of a toss-up, other than the fact that Kane was ultimately definitely more nailed for two starts. Yeah, and I think that that was it. It was it was those those two starts that was uh, felt a little bit more guaranteed. Um, the fact that they did have United away was, I think, holding people back off perhaps Spurs' assets a little bit. But I mean, I, I absolutely, you know, I didn't know what the result of that game was going to be, but I was confident Spurs were going to be scoring at least, which which did obviously did turn out to be the case. So, um, you know, Kane is 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 in 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 good form at the moment. I wouldn't say he's back to his the the, the dizzy heights he he showed last season, but yeah, look, looking good this season so far. And then we did obviously finally mention uh, Man City assets. They had a single uh, against Crystal Palace, but ultimately a nil-nil draw, so no attacking returns at all, uh, but clean sheets and the three bonus points for Cancelo, who's, who is often regularly mentioned in among our City assets when we're doing uh, captaincy. Um, anything to worry about from Man City, Andy? I'm not sure if you'll have had a chance to watch this one, because obviously it wouldn't have been featured on a match of the day, but um, I guess you know, the fact that Liverpool are now breathing down their neck and that City are also fighting on multiple, multiple fronts maybe some cause for, for concern with their slightly stuttering Premier League form. Well, it was MNF actually. So I have, I did see most of it or bits of it at least. And um, yeah, they, it was, the, it was the full on city first team, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. Um, I suppose, you know, Pep was, was conscious of Liverpool breathing down their necks, but it, no, it was, I think other than Diaz being injured, you, the 11 is probably the 11 you'd say is, is, is the one you, you'd suspect as, as city's first choice at the, at the moment. Um, so, there isn't really any excuse there in terms of like the rotation or anything either. It was just one of those classic um, city had a lot of the ball, did a lot around the edge of the box, didn't really create many clear cut chances. And, you know, without this, this would annoy Pep. So, you know, I, although I'm sure Pep is an avid listener to the FPL lounge, Absolutely. this might, this might be the thing that turns him off because it just looked, it did look like one of them classic things where you don't have an out and out like proper number nine in the box. You haven't got that option of swinging balls in or just mixing it up a little bit. Um, yeah, the Palace, Palace did well to defend, but um, City City can pull these games out every now and again, can't they? And so then that mixed with the fact that we, we aren't always 100% sure who's going to play in those forward positions particularly does does make it hard and if, if you told me i have to cap like if it's, if this had been a single game week i could have potentially seen myself captain in cancelo um because i'd have felt more confident in a, in him starting and a city clean sheet than than knowing who might score a goal from their like forward options yeah absolutely yeah absolutely makes sense and, and yeah it's always difficult to pick that city front line but but yeah um Slightly off the boil, I think. I think it's seemingly at least against Crystal Palace. So yeah, it will be interesting to see how often they feature in in our plans at least going forward. But um, but yeah, I'm, without bearing the lead, that there might maybe one game week where we may be very hot on Man City forwards. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, in some respects, their their slight drop off here um, increases the chances that they might end up being in my team later in the in the season because they have something to play for. That you know, last year. They walked the league by the end of the season. They were complete. Like I think that something like the last six or seven game weeks, De Bruyne barely saw the pitch. Foden barely saw the pitch in the Premier League because they were at Mares as well. They were they were focusing obviously those players on on Champions League games and getting to the Champions League final, which which they did. So um, it went so well in the end, though, didn't it? Resting them ahead of the final. I mean, to well, be fair, they did play pretty well. 
to yeah, be fair. Yeah, a bit but... harsh. Yeah, one-off game, these things happen, right? But um, no, I, th- I think I think we've I think we've mentioned on previous shows that they have an all right run. Um, to, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is now, but I don't think it's 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 terrible their run until the end of the season. City, particularly after they they get that Liverpool game out of the way. Um, so uh, so yeah, may, maybe they will feature a little bit more some of them. Yeah, I mean, what a key game that will end up being. Uh, let's leave it there then, Andy. And then when we return, we will begin our blank game week thirty preview. Welcome to the FPL Lounge. Our preview show will always be out in advance of the game week deadline, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods. That way, you'll definitely have it in time to make some tweaks to your team. If you can rate or review us too, that would be great, as we're really keen to know what people think. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So let's begin our blank game week 30 preview. Uh, let's start by, we will start our show as we always do by running down the fixtures. We'll have a quick chat about which, uh, this week's talking points of which there have been some double game week announcements. So we'll try and briefly go through those, but without going through them in depth. I think as we said uh, at the beginning of the game week 29 preview, we, we will probably focus uh, this 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 game week on specifically this game week. Uh, so it's going to be a bit, a bit more of a single game week proposition given that so many, so many blanks. So our players on the radar will basically just be running through the teams that have fixtures this week. Uh, we will be doing a caught in the honey trap and then we'll finish as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is stat. Uh, so your FPL deadline for this blank game week is Friday the 18th of March, despite the fact that there are only four fixtures uh, in this game week. We do have a Friday night football, so that'll be, uh, that, that kicks off at eight o'clock. So your deadline is 6.30 then on Friday the 18th of March for Wolves versus Leeds. And then on Saturday, it's a lunchtime kickoff, Aston Villa versus Arsenal. And then moving on to Sunday, Leicester versus Brentford and the final fixture of the weekend, Spurs versus West Ham. Uh, so just before we get into the, uh, the the blank game week 30, Andy, there have been some some double game weeks announced. They will take place in game week 31 and game week 33. Um, but obviously after uh, this blank game week 30, Andy, which obviously is, is a blank game week because of FA Cup quarterfinals we also have an international break which means that we won't be doing game week 31 until april um so a bit of time for fpl managers to kind of get their head around what's going to be going on through from sort of game week 31 through to the end of the season um, and that's maybe one of the reasons why we're not going to go into too much depth on these doubles yet but also because although there will be uh, a number of doubles in game week 33 we're not quite sure who yet because it's dependent on those fa cup quarterfinals taking place this weekend Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it seems as though there will definitely be some doubles because there are instances of teams who are not involved in either fixture with with teams that might be in FA Cup quarterfinal or semifinals. So there's definitely some teams doubling in 33. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, unless other things prevail, uh, but certainly Everton and Burnley should also be doubling in, in 31. That's not affected. By, by FA Cup things and both the, both those um, sides that won't have other competitions affecting their their fixtures um, and it will just mean that although some teams might have blanks and some teams might have singles 
that some you know the singles could be midweek or at the weekend for for certain teams and others you know obviously if they're blank they they, they might not play at all so it's going to be a, be a bit of a funny old 133 and it's almost particularly with a lot of people free hitting this week it's it's difficult to really look ahead with much certainty and until one advantage of um the the cup games although this would be the case even in a normal season um because it's the quarterfinals but what what we've been seeing as an advantage this season from fpl scheduling point of view is knowing straight away right having a result on the day uh, means that by the end of sunday we will know the four fa cup semi-finalists and that and that will help with that scheduling for for 33 i guess um there are some who who are having to try and plan fixtures for this for this game week you know without free hitting or without maybe a wild card afterwards so you know i would i would suggest certainly look at that that i mean there's leicester are a good example of a team that it seems you know they play in 30 uh and and 31 and it looks like very likely that because the two sides they're currently due to double against in 33 is newcastle and everton so they'd be one kind of good example if, if of a team to probably focus on if you're if you're in that boat yeah, I think that makes sense. Leicester, I think, have got quite a few fixtures to still to rearrange over the over the rest of the season. So yeah, I think they might end up with with quite a few doubles. Um, but but yeah, I think uh, in in general, I think you know, we're probably going to treat even on the pod, Andy, a little bit as like thirty one through to thirty eight. It's kind of like a mini season in in itself, and that is obviously slightly determined by well, by your uh, chip strategy, mine sort of blew up in smoke uh, a few game weeks ago. But, um, you know, definitely we feel like we're f- sort of free hitting in, into 30. I think that was probably the plan from game week one, ultimately. Um, and then, you know, having the opportunity to wildcard after and not not having to do it before, I think makes some sort of sense. And, and I guess with that international break as well, it feels like it's, it's kind of almost a, a good line in the sand to sort of have that clean slate. Looking ahead specifically now, Andy, to, to, to game week 30, obviously there are only four fixtures, so only eight teams. I feel like I'm doing uh, a bit from another podcast that, 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 that we quite like listening to. Um, but there are, as you kind of alluded to there, there are different strategies, I guess, going into this. Many players will be free hitting, in which case, you know, listening to all of this radar is going to be really useful because hopefully we might end up vaguely piecing your free hit. Uh, team together for you but but others will have will have already used up their two free hits and therefore might be trying to do some free transfers into this and therefore as you say might be thinking about about other fixtures uh going forward um i guess it will be you know it's, it must be hard hard to say but you know if if you are using free transfers this this week sort of what would you idea how many players ideally would you like to have having your team yeah you know, i guess if you if you had this strategy where you were using free transfers you may have been building these up over a few game weeks now so hopefully you'll have more than say five players or more than four players but you know at what point does it sort of topple from oh i'll take the you know i'll take i'll take the zero versus taking hits and i guess that's maybe something that that, that, that some managers may be maybe debating ahead of this game week I suppose for any one player, whether you take a hit or not, it comes down to how confident you are that they'll score more than four points, right? Particularly in this game, you could look at it as over the course of the next few weeks, but then those other players are going to come back. And and so I suppose if you really were bothered by it and you looked back at the end of the season and a player you'd brought in now uh, end up scoring four or more points than the one you'd left in, then you can maybe consider that a success. But I think, you know, you start to get down, you'd have ended up going down different paths later in the season. It's not quite as straightforward as comparing that. So 
particularly in this instance with the kind of mini season, as you say, after the international break uh, towards it, it, that leaves us, takes us right up to, to the end of the season. I would, I would suggest you probably are looking at it just this one game week. And so uh, there isn't a set number. I mean, ideally you'd want more than like seven, eight players playing, right? I'd say certainly by the time you get to nine, you definitely have to be thinking, is that extra transfer now? Um, you know, worth, um, well, I might just, might as well just take a zero because is this person going to get more than, more than four points? And if they're not, then, you know, obviously just without stating the obvious, but like you, you, if you take the four point hit and the player you bring in only gets two, you might as well have stuck with the zero because it's effectively a minus two to your team. So, um, I, I, there isn't really any logic behind that, but just in my head, roughly, if you, once you get up to about eight or nine, you could, you probably get away with it and certainly 10. Yeah, I, I was think, kind of thinking eight feels like the magic number, really, doesn't it? I think seven feels like your team very bare. Um, and and you know, some of these players that we're going to end up talking about are probably maybe worth the punt. You know, if, if, if that gets you from seven to eight, you know, I'm thinking you know, without without bearing the lead, I'm thinking Harry Kane, for example. Um but you know some others may I guess you know, may not be, and I think as soon as you're in sort of that 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 ten um, or nine or ten category, I think you do have to start start wondering whether, whether it's worth it, whether it's worth bringing in you know a Leeds player, for example, given their form so far this season, just to just to have a sort of a, 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 an eleven. So yeah, um, obviously it's all going to be horses for courses, depending on on your team. But hopefully uh, this radar will will at least give you some food for thought in terms of the free transfers that you may make or the free hit that you may be making. Uh, we're going to go through the teams then one by one, I guess, in the order that that, uh, that they play. So let's start with that Friday night fixture, Andy, Wolves versus Leeds. Um, Wolves' next three fixtures, although I definitely said that this was going to be a single game week proposition. Wolves' next three, three fixtures, Leeds, Villa and Newcastle, not too bad, but as with all of the chat we've had about Wolves over recent game weeks, a bit of a head scratcher when it comes to who to bring in. I know that um, Matt Kilman burnt you a little bit. Ryan Aitnori was in my team before uh, I got hacked. Um, obviously, Connor Cody ended up scoring in the last game, but all these players are defenders, and Wolves' underlying defensive numbers have not been all that good. Yeah, they haven't. Wolves is a tricky one for me. Uh, they play as well as those three. If you know, we said I said about Leicester, but Wolves probably are another team. Um, you, you're looking at if, if you haven't got a wild card or a free hit because of those three fixtures coming up, albeit be careful because they're due to play City in 33. And so if, if City get through in the cup, then then they will actually have a blank Wolves in, in 33. But even if you just look at it in this one game week in isolation, yeah, it's it's difficult because some there's a part, they've got leads at home. Traditionally, this season, we'd have said that's a fantastic fixture, right? And and uh, there's a fair few people who brought in Jimenez because of the double um, earlier a couple of game weeks ago. Um, so I think there, there might be some looking at him. But yeah, defensively um, as well, obviously Leeds have struggled scoring as well as as, as, as not conceding. So um, there might be people thinking great Wolves defenders, good chance of a clean sheet here. Um, and, and Wolves have kept a fair few clean sheets, particularly at home. But know that i mean their their underlying numbers haven't haven't really been haven't really been brilliant um they're the 14th worst team for expected goals conceded at home all season and um the underlying numbers for for leeds under jesse marsh have been okay they've 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 achieved like a couple of xg per game um so far obviously it's a small sample size so yeah rafinha seems to be getting back up there in the underlying numbers again as well now um the odd big chance created and on the end of so 
there isn't anything that massively sort of yeah I, I guess if you if if it is a case of like an Ike Nori although like we said be careful of the rotation risks or I think he was injured wasn't he so I'm not sure if he's going to be um if he's going to be even back but basically a cheap a cheap uh Wolves defender perhaps perhaps for your bench on 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 the other hand as we're going to go down these fixtures we're going to see it we're not necessarily convinced on 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 many clean sheets so you've got to you're going to have to have some defenders and and it's, it's all relative isn't it when you compare to some of these other options maybe that makes the wolves one look look more attractive yeah i think that i think that's fair i mean i think as, as you say andy we'll go through the fixtures but but yeah, i think wolves well i think given the lack of defenders that we think are great options in this game week and as i say that's going to become pretty apparent pretty quickly i feel like whether you're free hitting or not three at the back's probably going to be the way to go and um, you know maybe if, if if you don't have um if you don't, if if you're not able to to fill the foot uh, starting eleven, then you know maybe because you're going three at the back and making sure that that that, that your blankers are are, are in def- are in defence is probably a, a fair way to go. Um, I do feel like the Wolves keeper probably will be relatively popular this game week, just given the fixture. But as you say, it's difficult. It, it's we're kind of coupled here with Wolves' poor defensive underlying numbers over the last few, and as you say, albeit a small sample size, Leeds has improved. Uh, attacking underlying numbers over the last few games, and I think that was you know, punctuated by, um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess they had, uh, I can't remember who it was against Andy, but they created, I think it was Leicester, they created a fair bit uh, against Leicester, albeit losing, then created quite little against against Aston Villa, but were back on form in their recent game against Norwich. Um, I think they created, by some metrics, three XG, albeit only scored two goals. But there was, you know, they did miss Spurn against some big opportunities. So maybe Leeds, from an attacking point of view, um, is, is is perhaps a way to go. But it does feel difficult to trust Rafinha at the minute. He's got good underlying numbers, but just not do, really doing it either in terms of the assists or the goals uh, sort of from the chances that he's getting. Yeah, and he just kind of looks disinterested, doesn't doesn't he? I mean, I know that it sounds like a bit of a, a, a an easy sort of narrative. I heard a lot of commentators saying it, but like I was um, chat, I saw my Leeds season ticket holding mate over over the weekend, and 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 he and he he said things that was the first thing he said about Rafinha as well, um, that he's just not looked interested for weeks now. So that that's that's obviously a red flag and a concern. But yeah, they, they they have created opportunities on under Marsh. Um, Bamford played the first 45. He had to come off at half time though, so that that's a worry. I think that's definitely a press conference job that one. Although uh, I don't know if that have been today or whether it will be tomorrow Thursday because of the game being Friday night. But um, yeah, de- definitely that's one to listen out for on the Bamford front. I'd love to see Gelhard get a start as well, so that'd be one I'd be listening out for. Just because every time he's played, he's looked like someone who might get a goal or do something for Leeds, and and they play this four-two-two-two under Marsh, and so you want two strikers up front play Bamford and Gelhart. I mean, no one else has particularly shone there for them this season, um, and, and and even more so if Bamford's like got any kind of injury or whatever, just. No reason. I, I just he, he came off the bench and scored. Obviously, I it, I just don't see what more the the kids got to do to to get a start in the team, really. So, um, I mean, that doesn't mean I suppose the fact that I like him and he's looked good on the eye doesn't necessarily mean he's any more likely to score against this wall this Wolves Wolves defense. And and given how much we've kind of we haven't even suggested a single Wolves attacking player or midfielder for the radar, 
despite how bad Leeds have been defensively, it does make me half think a, a cheap Leeds defender is is that like a cheeky differential shout uh, or like I mean, this, uh, Stuart Dallas isn't classed as a defender in the game. The irony is this season he's playing in defence a bit more, isn't he? But I think classified as as a midfielder. Um, I've I've done so little looking at Leeds defenders in the game. I wouldn't even know off the top of my head one one to think of. But just a well, yeah, a bit of a left field shout. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, wait, 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 as you started saying that, I thought you were maybe just gonna gonna end up plumping for Jimenez again. But no, you're actually going the other way and going, going potential Leeds defender. I mean, I know that it was it was Pascal Stroik that that spurned some good opportunities against Norwich. So maybe he's the guy just because he's he's got on on, on the end of chances going forward. But but yeah, I mean. You'd be a braver man than me. Let's put it like that. Um, but yeah, as 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 I think uh, as I think you 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 mentioned when it comes to uh, the Everton Newcastle game that's still to be played in game week twenty nine. I feel like Wolves Leeds on Friday could end up nil nil or can, could end up three all, and it's just a bit of a head scratcher really um, how that's going to go. But yeah, hard hard to uh, hard to pick out any any real assets there. Although I'm sure uh, Wolves' keeper uh, and Rafinha will end up being relatively popular. Um, neither two are going to kind of get the, the the seal of seal of approval from from the FPL lounge. Um, let's move on to Aston Villa Arsenal, Andy, where I feel like there was going to be many assets that could get uh, the FPL lounge sticker of approval. Um, I, I, it does feel, however, like the usual suspects and suspects and, and players and assets that that we've mentioned quite a bit. Uh, on the podcast before, um, something that you mentioned just in the review now was was, was Lacazette, and, and maybe you know we're not seeing a lot from him, but in terms of the um, in terms of his assist potential, maybe he'd be worth looking at in a free hit. So let's pose this one to you: Is he is he a better option in this single game week than than either Danny Ings or Ollie Watkins? Hmm, it's a good question. That is a good question. I don't know really i i i struggle with that um i think because i'll likely triple up on arsenal he probably is lower down in my thinking like maybe i go a ramsdale or a, or a defender with like saka and martinelli um and then you know there's there's other options we're going to discuss up front that that i could i could maybe look towards because um with with obviously watkins and ings being being some of those but it's he did he, he his assess it, 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 what i sort of teased in the in the in the review like part of the show i guess was that from last week he i, I wondered on last week's preview whether it was sustainable the assist and i think actually he was linking up play he was helping i was i wasn't sure whether it was just a, a bit more of a fluke that is assist, assist thing but it seems a, a deliberate tactic which you, you know makes sense and i'd hope it is the case the deliberate tactic you know get saka and martinelli touches in the box more and 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 withdraw Lacazette a little bit to allow that to happen and him to like take the ball deeper on the turn like you know Arsenal on the counter-attack Lacazette's the focal point ball gets played up to him and as the ball's getting played up to him Saka and Martinelli are absolutely bombing on past and he's got the ball turned and then he's playing one of them in kind of yeah a little bit Liverpool-esque I don't quite want to describe it like that because you know they're not even in the same league as that at the moment but that that sort of style with with Firmino and Sarah Mane when when they were at their pomp a few seasons back then free uh not you know not that they're bad now but in, in that sense of Firmino creating for Salah and Mane. So, um, yeah, but whether that, how does that translate in FPL terms though? Uh, yeah, I'm still not completely sure because obviously you then have to get hope that Saka or Martinelli score directly from that setup, right, for Lacazette to be getting any any um, assists. 
obviously I've mentioned those two loads there. Those two have been consistent, more, the most consistent performers, I suppose. They've both had points where they've scored um, a fair few number of, of, of attacking returns this season, those two. I think the same could be said for Villa here. You, you mentioned we're going to be saying usual suspects. I think if it was a single game week, these two teams and this fixture probably wouldn't be on our radar. But if you've listened to any, any mention of us, us mentioning Villa or, I mean, we Arsenal players, these exact ones were on our radar were on our radar last week and, and Villa have, have kind of fallen off because of their fixtures have turned and that they've not necessarily got the best ones over the next few game weeks. But obviously fairly recently with the, you know, the three we've mentioned, Ings, Watkins, Coutinho, they are they are the three up front. They'd be the three we'd be would be probably looking at. And arguably again in if you go and looking a bit cheaper, um Jacob Ramsey. But in the current system for Villa, he he isn't getting forward as much. So that would be very much like a a fifth midfielder or I mean I could very much easily well I, I don't won't necessarily triple up on Villa so I could very well easy, easily see given that I'm free hitting um, you know a 4.5 million Jacob Ramsey ended up making it on my bench if for whatever reason Ings and Watkins don't play or you know one of them doesn't play. Yeah I mean obviously it was uh, it was uh, Ramsey that scored uh, in their defeat against West Ham um, in, in, in in the last game week. Amy Buendia actually got, got the assist in, in that game but yeah I think um I think you know, Ramsey is 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 definitely the, the best very cheap midfielder in the game. Uh, it's whether you want to, if you are free hitting, if, whether whether you want to um, spread your spread your Villa assets um, elsewhere and maybe spend a bit more bit more money on them. I guess from a defensive point of view, I'm sure Matt, Matt Cash because of his uh, goals and assists recently is going to be pretty popular. But the underlying numbers aren't really showing a great deal as far as we're concerned. So and and you know given I don't think we'd be hot on. Villa keeping a clean sheet in the, in this game, um, I don't think would be would be reaching uh, for for any Villa defenders. But um, yeah, I mean, Callum Chambers has also got a few goals recently too. But um, yeah, not something that, that that we're gonna rely on week in week out. I do feel like Andy like may, maybe we're sleeping a little bit on 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 Martin Odegaard again. It's not going to be goals that he's necessarily going to be going to be famed for, but I think he is cheaper than Saka. But I think maybe a bit more expensive than Martinelli. But he's got he's got some good potential too, and I think he has uh, definitely has some underlying numbers when it comes to expected assists as well. So yeah, I feel like there's uh, there are a few a few different ways to go. He definitely looks like the the player on the eye as well, but. Um, but yeah, I can I understand why from a goals point of view, Saka and Martinelli would be more popular. Uh, let's crack on with Leicester and Brentford. Um, Leicester, Andy, uh, I'm going to let you kind of introduce this one a little bit, just because uh, we are going to mention a player who has divided the FPL lounge before. Not in the sense that you know I don't like him. Um, but in the sense that I've always been Team Madison, but at the minute, in terms of the underlying numbers, it's definitely Team Barnes, and I feel like he could be um, a pretty um, under the radar, arguably free hit option for for managers, and maybe even one to target if you've got a free transfer, given how many fixtures Leicester still have to fulfil. Well, he's had more goal involvements and the highest underlying numbers of of any of those Leicester assets yet yeah, in recent game weeks. So I think. Um, there's, despite the fact that I, I probably prefer him on the on the eye and and just generally over the years his performances I I trust more they're more consistent than a Madison or someone else. Um, it, it's it's not just opinion it's 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 the numbers it's the stats and the facts kind of in his favour he's a nailed on starter when he's fit as well which which helps and he plays in quite an attacking. Um, you know, if they if they play like a three-five-two or three-four-three, three, he's he's one of the forwards. And if they play a four-three-three, three, he's a very very attacking 
uh, winger slash inside forward running off of a Vardy or a, or an Iheanacho or whatever. So so there's always he's in and around the box a lot. He's had lots of touches in the box recently as well. Um, so yeah, home game against a Brentford team that concede plenty of goals. I think um, he he definitely is 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 one to look out for as a bit of a differential. When I say highest in the underlying numbers, I mean obviously there's plenty of other players ahead of him. But actually, when you look at it in terms of, say, the last four matches, players that are actually playing this game week, I mean, most of the ones ahead of him are Liverpool, City, uh, you've got Bruno at United. So I think you've only really got, in terms of underlying numbers, what's this Son, Coutinho, Rafinha ahead of him in the underlying numbers, which I suppose is still three people. But, um, you, you know, you might you might. You're going to want more than three midfielders probably this game week. So statistically, Harvey Barnes is 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 fourth in that list. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, uh, given their fixture as well in this game week, like you know, albeit you can you know make your arguments for, for for those other three, but you would argue that Leicester possibly have the easiest fixture of this game week. Um, it, it, there's there's an argument to be there's an argument to be made there anyway. I think that Barnes can definitely has the best underlying numbers of, of of his teammates at the minute, and that includes Jamie Vardy, um, and you know Pat Sandaker and Kelechi and actually as well if, if if they're fit. So so yeah, Barnes would definitely be um feels like the play if you are going to bring a Leicester player in, and I think that you know it's 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 fair to want to triple up on Arsenal, it's fair to maybe want to triple up on Tottenham, um, but you are going to have to have players from probably most of these teams in your squad and I feel like uh, I feel like Harvey Barnes is definitely the standout Leicester option um, which brings us on to uh, maybe the standout Brentford option and that feels to be Ivan Tony at the minute he does have six goals I think in his last four games he did get did, did get a hat-trick but three of his goals and he have been penalties um, does that matter um, it, well, the fact he scored three other goals still in the last four game weeks that aren't penalties helps. Um, if it was only three penalties in the last four game weeks, I think we'd be thinking, well, you, you can't really trust that. I mean, because you can't, but, um, I think what also helped you, yeah, <laughs> teams don't get penalties every game, but, um, he, what also helps him is he's obviously a big physical player. He scored at least one header, maybe more than one header in the, of that six in recent game weeks. And, um, the emergence of, of Ericsson in the team to, to to provide those crosses and opportunities for him is is certainly seeming to help. And when you throw in that Leicester have been atrocious from set pieces this season, I think they've conceded more goals than anyone from set pieces. Um, you, you know that 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 sounds good for uh, Brentford have big um, defenders as well who might be able to get up for some set pieces. But but Tony likes to to put it about in there too um, during during free kicks or corners, or whatever. So. Um, yeah, he he. The don't worry. I would say it seems. Don't the fact that th- half those goals have been penalties isn't a problem because it's backed up by other factors that make him an option this week. Yeah, I think I think I completely agree with that. I think that while I wouldn't be advocating for you necessarily owning him this week, I do think that Christian Eriksen's um, sort of arrival back in Brentford's team has definitely sort of given them a bit a bit of a lift and and, and has allowed them to create more. More opportunities, I think, against a pretty porous Leicester defence, uh, I would be expecting them to at least score. Um, and I think if they're going to be scoring, you would nine times out of ten back Ivan Tony to be uh, to be on to be on the end of them. And, and, and obviously, you know, they've, they've got players that can win penalties as well. So, um, and and you'd back Tony to put them away. Um, I guess the team, uh, Andy, that's maybe the most asset rich uh, of of those teams that do play in game week thirty are Tottenham Hotspur. 
probably not loads that we uh, that we can say about this that we haven't already covered in previous game week previews and the uh, game week twenty nine review earlier in the show. Um, but uh, you know, anyone from Kane, Son, Kulusevski, Doherty, and maybe even Region needs to be mentioned. Um, and I feel like we'd be definitely advocating for a Tottenham triple up here. Um, Doherty possibly will be one of your defenders and I guess Kane will be a forwards. So then you've kind of got to pick between Son and Kulisevsky maybe for that final spot. That's definitely going to, I reckon, be the template. Yeah, it's certainly how I feel like feel strongest about like if I if I got to have a defender, probably get a Spurs one in there of all these teams this game week and, and then Doherty's the, the standout one. So I, I, I absolutely want Harry Kane on current form. He's banging them away. Uh, as we mentioned before, he's playing very much as a focal point. Number nine, more touches, more shots in the box since Conte's been manager. Conte's outright said in press conferences that that's how he wants to use Harry Kane. Obviously, he's on penalties. So then, yeah, that 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 does only leave that that one spot. And I think it's going to depend what other... There aren't many premiums this game week. So that might allow for the use of a son as well. That that That's going to be the key, the key deciding factor for me, I think, because I would be very happy to have... Kulisevsky um on 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 recent form yeah um and uh you, you do save a fair bit of money so if I need to um you know I'm, I'm very happy to put Kulisevsky in there if money is no object obviously then it becomes a little bit more a little bit more of a toss-up you know as I mentioned just with with the numbers there Son's underlying numbers ultimately are better than Kulisevsky's recently we have the long-term obviously evidence that shows us that Son is a classy player so, um, yeah, it's probably that for me, at least that spot's probably going to come down to money. Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. Um, and then let's finally wrap up then with with West Ham. I guess they uh, arguably have the most difficult game of, of the game week. Tottenham Tottenham away is, is no easy one, especially given the improved form that Tottenham are in at the minute. Um, and without Jared Bowen and possibly without Mikel Antonio, it's really difficult to kind of na- nail down. A West Ham asset. I guess you could take a one-week sort of flyer if you're free hitting on a Fornals or a Ben Rama or maybe a Lanzini. Um, but it's difficult, really, Andy, isn't it, to to kind of know exactly which one of them, if any, will will return. And I feel like if you were, you know, I wouldn't be advocating for a clean sheet, but I feel like Craig Dawson's almost just as likely to end up with an attacking return in this game as as any of those players. So. Really, I feel like of all of the teams that we've mentioned, even Wolves and even Leeds, I feel like West Ham might be the the one to avoid the most. Yeah, it's also because they're away at Tottenham, right? So the fixture doesn't help them either. Um, it's it's an odd one because obviously they were um, that they were they they had an absolute flyer the first half of the season. But and, and to be fair, we, we've 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 talked up Villa since Gerrard's taken over, and they they did beat Villa. Um, with, without Bowen at the at the weekend, but um, it's yeah, with how creative Bowen's been. Although Antonio has been really poor in recent game weeks, you know, without that focal point, what what, what will that mean for the team? And when we've seen Yarmolenko play through the middle in the Europa League before, and he obviously did get a goal against Villa in this in this previous game week gone by. So I, you know, maybe maybe there's an opportunity for him for him there. Um, you know, obviously spurred on perhaps by what's going on for, for him at home as well at the moment. Um, but, but that's, you know, the clutching at straws a little bit there, frankly, as it's, it's, um, yeah, I, 
they conceded still ultimately that puts me off defenders and and I think I'm possibly being biased by the game that we obviously went to and, and watched and they were just really poor um in, in that game at both ends of the pitch as well so yeah it's odd because I didn't think I'd be going into this game as West Ham being the only ones I, I feel like I'd be almost avoiding completely but there's, there's no. It would be a different thing if, if Bowen was playing. I think it's likely he'd be in around my team. But there's just no one really jumping out. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes sense. And yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think if, if Bowen was in, he'd be, yeah, maybe not top of our list, but he'd definitely be the guy that we'd be mentioning, even if he hadn't maybe returned in the last couple. Um, but, but, but yeah, it's difficult to, it's difficult to to, to say which which of the others. I'm sure Ben Rama might be a little bit popular with two assists in the in the in the last uh, in the last game, but we haven't seen enough from him uh, in a while. I think to to sort of pin him pin pin, pin them colours to, to the mast in this game week. So yeah. Um, not necessarily, not necessarily saying avoid West Ham, but I think it's difficult for for us to advocate for any of their players. Is there anything else to add, Andy, in in, in this game week? I know, um, I know. I guess it's difficult in a free hit when there are only uh, eight teams playing. You know, if you are tripling up, you've got to be careful about um, which which players. If you you know take some attacking players, you can't then have a defender. It feels difficult to know that there. You know, I guess. Real difficult to to sort of say with any confidence that there are going to be many clean sheets in this game week, and therefore which defenders or, or even a goalkeeper to kind of target. Um, so there is definitely an emphasis on, on on attackers, but you do still want or need some defenders, and therefore you're going to want the best ones. So um, you know maybe as we kind of just alluded to with Tottenham, you know going for a Doherty means that perhaps you limit yourself going forward with, with with Spurs assets and then possibly similarly with Arsenal too. Yet you'd probably still want maybe a Tierney who's fit or a Ramsdale. Um, but is it worth having them over a Lacazette or over a Son? So it's all kind of all about trade-offs a little bit when it comes to the, comes to these triple-ups, isn't it? Yeah, it is exactly. I mean, because one solution to that Son v Kulusevsky debate is have them both and have Kane. But then, yeah, you're you're you need obviously you have to have at least three defenders. And if you're not going to have a Spurs one, when you're looking elsewhere this week, it, it starts to look difficult of, of who you're going to have. So those are the trade-offs. And also, it's though you have those trade-offs about which players within teams because you can only have three of them um, from any one side. But you then also have the trade-offs of, of obviously, as I mentioned, with Son, like money, and, and that meaning, well, if you go for this player from that team, that might affect, um, uh, uh, you know, how what you know what you can afford to spend from players on other teams and like if you choose to go Son and Kulusevski you've taken up two midfield spots so that might limit where else you can go in midfield and you, you know you might have to go for a, an Arsenal defender let's say because you're you're um yeah you've got you've got to have defenders from somewhere so I I, I guess just uh, yeah there's going to be lots of fiddling particularly if you're doing free hits um about the different combinations of ways you can fit which player with who but I, I, for me I'd just say probably start from al- almost if, if you had the time if you could almost ordering your players in, in in order of like confidence or how many how well you think they'll do this game week ultimately and don't try fitting in players like just for the sake of it uh, aim to like have the get you know prioritize the players you're most confident in and then and then work the rest out around that because if you're choosing between say I mean I don't know uh to try, like your third defender and you're going well do i get like cody or tierney as my third defender L- like ultimately if 
Cody means that you can have another Arsenal player somewhere else, then it's probably a little bit more worth it because you're not worried about having Wolves attacking players. So, yeah, there's going to be loads of examples of, of, of decisions like that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, find me a podcast that's gone into that much depth on a, on Blank Game Week 30. Well, I mean, that, this is great. If, if only we had so much time to, to, to go so you know forensically through every fixture every game week. But but yeah, it's been uh, definitely been good, been good to go through and I hope that that's helped uh, ahead of your blank game week 30 plans. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we will be doing a honey trap and going into captaincy and who the heck is that? Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back, then. So we aren't going to do a swim against the tide this week. Aren't not many tides to swim against, Andy? Frankly, I guess because the vast majority of transfers in uh, are players that feature in this blank game week, and the vast majority of transfers out are players who do not feature in this blank game week. And I'm sure also many transfers are influenced by the sheer number of managers uh, playing playing free hits. But that does leave us a great opportunity for a segment that I can never really remember how to explain. A nice honey trap. Where I guess we're going to put up uh, put up a proposition uh, that I guess is. We don't. We think is likely to happen, but we're hoping that the other person doesn't, and to see if they take them up on it. I mean, I, I, I've always said that I'm gonna gonna write down something that, that explains that properly, uh, so it's as slick as who the heck is who the heck is stat, but I never got around to it. And uh, you know, why why start now? Um, but yeah, we do often do these, Andy. I guess in 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 the blank or the double game week because there's kind of more to more to think about or a chance to a chance to throw something new out there. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see see what you've come up with. But equally, um I'm I'm trying to decide how sticky to make mine. I've got like I've got I've got one up a sleeve. Um yeah, I might sort of gauge your reaction on it. Yeah, I don't um, yeah, not sure. So I'm excited. Let's let's go. I'll let you go first, I think. Yeah, well the the stickiness of mine was variable as well, but I've gone for um one that's sort of in the middle, I think. Um okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what you think. Um, it's it, it's fairly simple. Um, my honey trap, and I guess I would say I always I always caveat this with um when, when we're doing this after your explanation in that you know we can't make it so easy that they that the uh, that we're just to just for the sake of trying to be right right you could say something which you, which was really likely to happen and then you'd definitely be right but you got to leave some opportunity of trying to lure the other person into to pick the other side to you so yeah um i think hopefully this this here will do that and i'm going to say that i think none of the home teams will lose interesting interesting okay uh so you are basically backing wolves or draw versus leeds villa or draw versus arsenal i guess that's the maybe the trickiest one uh in, I guess if we were to look at look at the betting odds, uh, Leicester or draw versus Brentford, and then Spurs or draw versus West Ham. I mean, I'm all, so, so yeah, I basically I'm backing an, an away team, and I've got Leeds under Marsh, Arsenal against Villa, Brentford against the poorest Leicester, or West Ham against Spurs. Um, 
I mean, is, have you got anything to like explain your your thinking or? Yeah, I mean, so so my initial thinking was like, you know, I obviously, as you said, um, Villa is 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 the kind of trickiest trickiest one there, and I, I originally thought, can I go for like all of the home teams to win? Because I thought I, I looked down the fixtures and I thought, what do I think is gonna? If I had to put say like a score on each of these games, what do I think was gonna happen? And that made me notice that I was leaning more towards like home teams doing well away teams but obviously that that Villa one um you know tricky and I, I didn't feel like I could be as as much as I think Wolves Leicester and Spurs will all win I, I didn't think I could quite stretch to to Villa winning as well I imagine the odds on that would have been pretty long all four of those as an accumulator so it would have would have really given you something in your favor there um but I thought if I say all of them not to lose obviously on an individual basis you know say Wolves losing at home to Leeds you really wouldn't necessarily expect that similarly for Leicester and Spurs but once you put it all together I mean frankly I think if you if I if I even if I ignored the Villa game and I just said the other three not like none of them to lose I think probably if you looked at the odds you probably would even still get the slight nudge in your favour of the 50-50 there just because that's a lot, you know, three teams to to win, even though they probably all are relatively decent favourites at home. Um, however, yeah, the kind of middle ground balance, I suppose, there is I thought, well, if I put Villa in, but if I give myself the draw as well, um, then 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 that's perhaps balancing off. Um, I, I, like I say, I still would be very confident probably looking at the odds that... Um, the that you'd you probably got way more than 50 percent chance i'd imagine here is any one of those those teams to win or or any one of the home teams obviously like i say not to lose uh but yeah that that's kind of my thinking and that's where how i ended up on it yeah yeah it's uh it's an interesting one i mean i'm sitting here now just trying to work out work out what the odds would be so i mean that's probably not the not the greatest it's not going to make the greatest audio medium is it um so yeah i mean my instinct is to take you on it because i think uh yeah i mean while i while i generally kind of agree with agree with where you're coming from i think it's an interesting proposition and and i my guess would be that the chances are is that there, there will be at least one away win this this week um Scratching my head as to which one it would be, but you could definitely see, see well, Arsenal, 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 right? Arsenal winning, right? I mean, I yeah. assume that they're, I assume that they're, they're, they're favourites. Um, well, just on, a, just on, on one particular uh, book, bookmaker's website um, that I can just find it on quickly. I mean, I don't think these will be the best odds you could get, but it's uh, 2.36 to one is the is the double chance is the is the home team or draw in each four fixtures. Okay. Um, so if it was 50-50, it would be evens, right? Yeah. Um, so so two and a bit to one, five five to two roughly suggests you know strongly strongly in in your favour the, the the chance there. Yeah, it of, does, um, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No grand, yeah. In that case, in that case, yeah, I I I I will take I take that. I think. Um, yeah. No, I like it though. I like it as a as a prop. And mine's in a similar vein, so I hope you I hope you equally like mine, whether you take me up on it. Um but yeah, I'm okay, I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with my my first one, which is maybe less sticky and I might might gauge your reaction. Um so no actually sod it. Let's go let's go all out. Let's let's hang some onions. So similar similarly, mine is uh there will not be a clean sheet in this round of games. There will not be a clean sheet. There will not be a clean sheet. Okay. So both teams to score yes across all 
all four fixtures. I think that's kind of tied into our kind of scratching our head as to which defenders to pick if you're on a free hit this week. No, yeah. or, and keeper similarly. You know, we're we're kind of like well, you know, I think I think Wolves stand out because of their fixture and the fact that Leeds haven't been great, but ultimately. The underlying numbers at Wolves recently haven't been brilliant. You could, you know, Villa have a relatively mean, mean defence, or at least have been recently, but have probably one of the more difficult fixtures of, of the game week. Leicester pretty porous, Brentford pretty porous, um, and could see West Ham and Spurs both scoring too. So, yeah, that's kind of where I was coming from. But then again, I think if you put both teams to score, yes, in an acker this week, you would definitely have something probably you know well over two to one i would have thought so yeah yeah i imagine yeah. i imagine you would i mean and that makes sense and so like yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely going to take it up because i think um i could imagine that would be very much in in my favor um i think i do think there is a chance of obviously it only takes one team getting a clean sheet um and, and and so that's high risk for 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 you there obviously um yeah. the i think equally just as i suppose it only takes one team to to win to to for, for me to lose my one but my thinking in like say for example wolves and and or leeds i think either of them could potentially get a clean sheet i mm. think i've got two chances there wolves like we've said don't create loads um and although their underlying numbers haven't been great at the back recently they have kept you know a fair number of clean sheets. Leeds haven't um, necessarily been firing at their best. Although I will be interested to see when they've got when they've got kind of a proper striker, what I call a proper striker, at least in Gelhart, perhaps starting this this game week. I think he's earned his chance, whether he'll get given it or not. I don't know. Um, so yeah, and, and also just the Villa Arsenal one. I guess what I was hoping in like my one is, I mean, I heard it. I can't remember who, but I heard a pundit say on a podcast recently that they actually thought that this Villa game was bigger for Arsenal than the Liverpool one um, because that they play on um, on Wednesday night because they you'd kind of Arsenal have the number of points they need to be in the top four so it doesn't matter what happens against Liverpool whereas it's the beating the teams like Villa or not which is going to like keep them in in the top four or not basically towards the end of the season that they, they they can they can afford to basically lose all, all the, the the three teams above them but as long as they kind of keep beating the teams below them and they, they sort of described it as that's how Arsene Wenger always used to 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 finish in the top four would fall well shy of the of the teams the top three but would comfortably beat the the teams below them so I just wondered if maybe there's like a you know, because we've seen this before, even under Arteta, where they get a little bit too much praise. People get a little bit too confident about the Arteta project, and then they get the odd result or two or three in a row. And 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 Villa under Gerard, you could definitely see Gerard being that kind of guy who's going to eye up this Arsenal team and go, "Here's the weakness. Here's the weakness. Let's bring some physicality. Let's bring some um, clever, you know, uh, veteran player moves uh, against these youngsters." Um, and and maybe they can kind of just make the game sort of difficult for them. Um, so perhaps yeah, Arsenal might have a bit of a slip up there. Whether that means a clean sheet, I suppose, is is, is perhaps a different thing because I suppose with 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 both teams bombing on, uh, maybe maybe it will be a little bit more open. But no, like you say, it's very um, 
a very attractive uh, option for me that and I, I think so that 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 first game is going to be key I think the odds will swing heavily back in your favor after after Friday night if there's been no clean sheet in that game but but yeah no I'm gonna I'm gonna take you absolutely wonderful wonderful yeah I think I think they're both quite good uh, quite good uh, propositions to, to to lay out there I think there's there's some Obviously, you know, stacking four matches on top of each other means that it's probably nev- never going to be in in the proposer's favour. But uh, but but yeah, I still think that there's there's some good kind of logic behind behind both. So yeah, nice to it's it's that classic kind of you know where, where we're taking the numbers, but you, equally you can kind of see where where the person who's put put it out there is kind of coming from. So yeah, interesting ones, and uh, obviously do do let us know uh, what you think as well, listeners. Which which if if any you'd have taken up, uh, remember uh, at FPL underscore lounge on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, let's crack on, Andy, with captaincy. This feels like it could be one of the easier ones of of the season. Um, although you know, I'm sure we've had some very very straightforward uh, Mo Salah picks earlier in the year um but this one feels like a pretty straightforward Kane or Son you know they are really the the the, the only premium players kind of starting uh in this in this game week they've got a home fixture against West Ham team that have been off the boil a little bit recently um I mean here's a question pick between them well pick between them is difficult because over the years that that for me this week in particular is a diff- really difficult question because I over the years would would probably go Son because of the extra point uh, for the goal, um, but I suppose that's associated to what I would do longer term. I usually go for Son and and hope that those points accumulate. Whereas in a, in a one game week, like do I trust Kane more to sort of score this week or Son? Well, obviously Kane has penalties, and we we always say that that plays an advantage. And um, interestingly, you know the way I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think I've read somewhere that Kane has had more touches in the box and has been playing more when you look at like the average positions and stuff as an out and out number nine under Conte than he had under previous managers where he was obviously dropping a bit deeper and whatever. So that was uh, resulting in Kane, yeah, being in the box more, having more shots in the box and acting more like an out and out number nine. So I suppose the goals and the form, you know, recently would, would, would demonstrate that as well, that, um, Obviously, Kane has had plenty of goals and 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 scored a, obviously a penalty at Old Trafford in the last game week. You know, re-emphasising that point that, that he is the guy on pens. So, um, for that reason, I probably slightly lean Kane, but it is tricky. I, I think you you know you, there's, you could see Son scoring and um, again one for the. I will, we, the how much have we mentioned odds since the break already in this in this part of the show? But one for the odds probably again that would be interesting to look at as well. I, you've got to think Kane's probably shorter as an any time price for goal scorer than than, than Son is. So yeah, yeah, you would you, you would think so. But I guess it is that classic like if Tottenham score more than one, you know, it, do you think Son more likely to be ha- to perhaps be involved in in two goals? And I guess possibly, and then equally, you know, you know. T- I don't think that there'll be a clean sheet in this game, but uh, clearly by my by, by my honey trap. But if there was, and Son gets a point for that as well, so I think all you know all all of that do, kind of does does come into 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 things. But equally, you know, the way West Ham have been playing, you could easily see them giving away two penalties, and um, and, and and yeah, you know, Kurt Zuma could make some uh, a connection similar to what he did with his cat, maybe on on, on someone in the box and and give, a, give give one away. So so yeah, um, I think it, it's a bit of a head scratcher. I imagine. Kane is is probably going to be the more popular pick as well. So you're thinking about I guess the slightly defensive move. You know, d- don't get left behind. 
um, with, with your captaincy selection, I imagine Kane will be a lot more popular uh, than Son. Um, but yeah, it, it is a bit of a difficult difficult one to to pick between because ultimately they are they are historically both very good options. And I think when um, you know at, at, at times Son has maybe even been a better sort of goal threat than Kane even this season. But definitely in more recent weeks, it has been. Harry Kane coming to the fore again. Are there any more interesting sort of differential captaincy options, Andy? I guess if we're talking about Kane and Son, we have to maybe look at Kulisevsky. But equally, you know, some maybe some Villa players, maybe an Ivan Tony against the really porous Leicester. But I guess really, if so many managers are on free hits, it's going to be Kane or Son this week because a lot of big managers are going to, are going to own them. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of managers owning them. You know, the, the, the types who've wildcarded um in 28 or 29 looking to have enough of a team for this game week so that they don't have to free hit as well and i imagine anyone who's been planning transfers without a, a wild card would also have been looking at at least one of kane or son as, as one of their transfers to lead them into this game week as well so i think they really will be highly owned i suppose trying to think about it in terms of like our radar you know we struggle to find any west ham uh players to to, to put on there and so maybe that indicates that we you know honey trap aside we do think maybe Tottenham have got a decent chance of a clean sheet like who's good who's gonna with no Bowen potentially no Antonio who is gonna get those goals and so Doherty obviously um with his attacking threat recently um we saw him against Leeds was it where he he contributed and um I think was if he wasn't the king of the game week was very very close to that got something like 18 points that game week so perhaps he's a bit of a, a bit of a differential one if you're looking for one but obviously you know yeah there's only so many Spurs players you could you could have in your team and I'm sure people, some you know there might he obviously won't be won't be as high owned I think Arsenal have, have been on a good run recently um so they're definitely a place to look for even arguably even more than like differential I, th- I think you you could make an argument to me that you're more convinced on Saka getting an attacking return than say Son this game week, perhaps. Um, I don't think that's... Is that's, in, that's interesting, just because, I guess, Tottenham are at home. Yeah, I don't think it's a completely outrageous shout. I mean, Villa haven't been mega tight at the back um, it, uh, under either of their managers this season. Um, and Arsenal, Arsenal are kind of on, on, a, on a good run, aren't they? And, uh, yeah, I... I I suppose it probably would still be more in Son's favour, like you say, they are at home Spurs, but... Um, but yeah, I think I think basically Saka's a reliable a reliable fantasy asset ultimately, yeah, and um, uh, I think it, it, it'd be a bit more bold to go for like a Lacazette or a Martinelli over over a, a Kane or Son. But um, there's there, there are a couple of options. I liked what you said about about Tony. Talk talk to me more about why you'd you'd suggest maybe Tony uh, um, against Leicester. That that is again obviously a bold one though. Yeah, I think I think. I wouldn't necessarily advocate for, for owning him, but I guess, you know, Leicester's defence has been pretty porous this year. I think there is rumours that they're getting Wesley Fofana back, although he might not be ready to start uh, in this game week. I mean, obviously, that's going to be good news for, for them going forward. He was he was really key for them uh, a few years ago uh, and formed a quite a good partnership with, with Soyuncu, I think. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, and it, it, I think it, that could help, but Tony's obviously in form. I think he's got six goals in his last... Four, four game weeks but three of them I think have been penalties and you know I think relying on penalties is, is, is isn't great but I think what we have seen um, from Brentford recently is is a slightly change of, a slight change of shape 
think Christian Eriksen is proving to be quite an effective um, signing for them. He obviously is, is an incredibly intelligent footballer, sort of you know, plays between the lines a little bit and is providing um, for, for, for Brentford players, both from set pieces um, and and in open play. And, and therefore, if he can you know, conjure something to maybe release release Ivan Tony or, or you know, provide a bit more service for, for a player like, like Ivan Tony, who took his who has taken his goals from open play recently pretty well too. Um, I think that, that that could be an interesting outside pick. Um, again, I think that, uh, you know, where I would maybe fall back on, on, on Saka is that, yes, you know, Villa's underlying numbers haven't been great, but they have kept a fair few clean sheets, albeit against some of the weaker sides. Leicester have kept hardly any clean sheets basically all season. Um, so I think that, that I would definitely expect goals in, in, in Leicester-Brentford. And I think that if Brentford are going to score goals, um, Tony's prob- probably going to be a guy, particularly you know, with, the, with the amount of penalties that he's got. But, you know, I think both Saka... Um, any mention really of Matt Doherty, any mention of Ivan Tony, they really are kind of sort of clutching the straws differentials when uh, when Kane and Son really are the headline choices here. Yeah, I think I think I think they are, and it'd be it'd be interesting to see, won't it, um, Ericsson against that against that Leicester defence, and and no, yeah, no, at you talking there is 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 making me feel better, more like lean more towards towards Tony and Ericsson, but but no, we realistically. I know when I've got that that device in front of me and push comes to shove, I'm I'm probably pressing the captain button on 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 Kane or Son this week. Yeah, I think that I think that absolutely makes sense. And yeah, you know, I'm going to be strongly strongly considering Tony for my team, I think, and maybe playing with three up front. But um, I, yeah, I'm not sure if I'd be as bold enough to to consider to consider him him having the armband. Um, let's leave it there then, Andy. Obviously, a relatively short uh, short shorter show anyway, just because of, of of it being a blank game week, but. We will finish, as we always do, with a little game we like to call Who the Heck is That? Uh, for those that don't know, Who the Heck is That is a, is a game we like to play where Andy and I take it in turns each game week uh, to pick a player from the FPL universe who has to be owned by at least 5% of managers and the other person has to guess who it is. If they guess it after their first clue, they get five points. After the second clue, they get four points and so on and so forth. Every time they hear a clue, they get two minutes before they decide whether to stick or twist. And that also means we do not reveal the answer to the end. So you can play along wherever you're listening to the FPL Lounge podcast. Uh, Andy got two points last week and now has a seven point lead, uh, 29 to 22. And it, uh, I'm running out of game weeks, frankly. I must only have, what, four or five left, I guess, towards the end of the season. So um, if, you know, if, if we're alternating, uh, yeah, I re- I'm going to have to really start picking those 5.1% owned players for you and, and, and really, you know, really start having some... Uh, having some have you know having some odd clues in there but but yeah otherwise i think i could just do with a nice sort of four or three point hole but i think the chances of that are probably unlikely um but yeah let's uh let's crack on let's let's go on get on with it okay so who the heck is that then clue number one it is this player's seventh season in fpl and they're currently on schedule to fall slightly short of the their highest ever score okay so seventh season and uh, a having a good season, I guess, but slightly short of their highest ever. Um, I was going to go through the teams, but obviously I've got the game week 30 fixing in front of me, so I better, better skip on. Um, my instant, instant person I went to was James Ward-Prowse. <clears throat> Seven seasons. Sounds about right. Falling slightly short of their best ever year, which I'm guessing might have been last year. Uh, so yeah, don't 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 hate that. We might be high-ish owned. I think Southampton have had some doubles recently, and they were getting a, people getting a bit excited about them. So yeah, maybe. 
Um, possibly go through a few other teams though while while I'm here. Liverpool, yes, Mane could be on for maybe second highest ever season. Seven seasons again. What five at Liverpool, two at Southampton could be. Watford probably not. Brighton probably not. Norwich probably not. Burnley, don't think anyone's probably on for their highest ever finish. Man City. There's a whole glut of Man City players, as we discovered uh, in last week's Who the Heck is Stat, but maybe that could lean towards. Might park them for a minute. Uh, Chelsea players. Mount wouldn't be on for seven. What about a defender, possibly? Uh, don't Can't think of many players that have been around for seven years with them. Um, 30 seconds. Man United, I feel like there aren't many of theirs either that are on for their second highest ever finish. Before slightly short of their highest ever, I think was 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 the, was the actual uh, actual phrase. I'm gonna, you know what? Let's just stick with James Ward Prowse and uh, get get another clue. But I don't hate that as a first guess. Okay, James Ward Prowse. Let's see what you think after this clue. Then <laughs> this player has not played all of those seasons for the same team. Okay, well, that's not James Ward Prowse then. Uh, but I did go to Sadio Mane, didn't I, a minute ago? Um, so that's definitely an option. Uh, let's go through some of these other teams. Newcastle, try Callum Wilson, probably not, surely not on for his, just being short of his second best ever finish. But I would have played for two teams though. Spurs players. <laughs> Doherty now, but he must have really gone some in the last few game weeks to be anywhere near the Wolves thing. He's in seven seasons, feels a bit too many for him as well. Everton, I can't think of a player that would be near near that either. West Ham, uh, struggling with them as well. I mean, Bowen must be well above his best ever finish and Antonio has not played for anyone else in the Prem, or has he? I don't think he has. What about a Leicester, Leicester team? Could be Madison. Played with Norwich. Did he play with Norwich in the Prem, though? Oh, seven seasons feels a bit much, but second best season could be. Yeah, it could be. Could be. wonder if there's anyone else there. Mm. 30 seconds. I'm inclined to go for Mane. I'm, in, I'm inclined to go. Yeah, let's, let's go for Mane. So you're, you're twisting yeah, to Mane. I'm twisting to Mane. I'm off James Ward Prowse because I don't think he's played for another team. So, yeah. Okay, clue number three. This player has 11 attacking returns this season. Surely Mane's got more than that. Feels like a James Madison type of number. 11 attacking returns, seven seasons, play for two different teams, on for what is essentially like their second or third best ever season. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to wrap my brains to think whether Madison ever played in the Prem with Norwich or not. Oh, I don't think he did. Anyone else from that from from them that it could be? Ian Acho played for City, didn't he? 
second best season. Oh, that's an option. Was he owned by 5% of managers? Oh, surely he isn't. No, I must have got to dismiss that. Mane, 11 attack. He's got, must have more than that. Surely. Probably got more goals than that. Um, Who else did I mention? I didn't, other than Madison. I'm kind of just got tunnel vision on James Madison now. Uh, any Southampton, other Southampton players that it could be? Attacking returns. It must be a midfielder or a striker, you'd guess. Uh, City, who, who else have they got? Might have played more than one team. 30 seconds. Riyad Mahrez. Could be Mahrez. 11 attacking returns. Yeah. Oh, that might be a swift about turn. Oh, I don't think he's on for that second highest. Yeah, okay, let's go with, let's go, let's go with him. I don't think it, yeah, it can't be him. Let's go, yeah, just, yeah. Go, we'll go with Mahrez. Okay, Mahrez, you, you don't have any time. So, yeah, Mahrez. Uh, clue number four. This player has 12 clean sheets this season. Oh, God. 12 clean sheets. That could mean... Okay, maybe that is a defender then. But then you could you could give it to a midfielder, I suppose. But teams have got a lot of clean sheets. 12, 12. How many games have we had? Like 26? I don't know. Yeah, well, we're on game week 29, aren't we? Game week 30. Um, 12 clean sheets. Defender with 11 attacking returns. Played for two teams for seven years. Kyle Walker? Surely he's not got 11 attacking returns. Played for Tottenham and Sheffield United, didn't he? So maybe that can't be him. No, I just don't think it is Doherty. Maybe there's there, oh, there's teams I've missed here. There's Arsenal and Palace, isn't there? I'm really struggling. Really struggling with this. Yeah, you're doing you're doing all right though. You, the the process you're going through, you've got just over thirty seconds. Arsenal players that play for two teams got eleven attacking returns. Defender. Yeah, struggling. Palace. Struggling. Yeah, I'm gonna have to switch off this. Eleven returns is loads for a defender. If it's a defender. Okay, you've not got, got much time left. Oh, like 10 seconds. Uh, right, well, let's just go to Doherty because I thought of him, but I just can't see why it would be him. It's not him. Well, no, it isn't. <laughs> okay, you're going no, to Doherty. Yeah. yeah, go on. Clue number five. Although this player is only the sixth highest scorer for his club, he is in the top 10 scorers in the entire game. Sixth highest scorer for his club. <clears throat> but top 10 in the entire game. Oh, I think I've just got it, Andy. And I think he's, I think he shares the same name with you. I think it's Andy Robertson. So six for his club. So who would he be behind? Mane, Jota, Salah, Trent, 
Van Dijk, maybe. Tenth in the highest in the whole game. That feels a push. Eleven returns, two clubs for Holland, Liverpool, five, seven seasons. Maybe on for his second best season. Oh, it's going to annoy me if it is him, but then one point's better than none. Uh, let's use this time wisely. And verbally. Um, yeah, I keep forgetting this is an audio medium. It has annoyed me, though, this massively. Um, 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 um. Yeah, you know when you get tunnel vision, you just can't think of anyone else. Oh, Luke Dean, I guess, could maybe be. Seven years feels like a real push for him. Second best season, I think that's unlikely. Uh, no one at Leeds comes to mind. Chelsea could be Alonso, but I doubt it. He was at Bolton and Sunderland, so that's two teams. 30 seconds. City, Ake, Stones, but they haven't got that many attacking returns. We are thinking fullback, aren't we? Yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to have to go for Robbo. Yeah, so, go yeah, go on. Put me out my misery. Um. Okay. Well, I will put you out your misery. It is Andy Robertson. Yeah. The Liverpool left back. Yeah. Uh. It's one of those where H one you're going down, and you're going like on the clue number three. Eleven attacking returns. Oh, eleven attacking returns. That would be a lot for a defender. Can't be defender. Like yeah, well, yeah. it would be a lot for a defender. So what defenders have lots of attacking returns, Chris? And then twelve clean sheets, and you're like, oh. 12 clean sheets, 11 attacking returns, though. That would be a lot for a defender. Yeah, but you've got to find the numbers, haven't you? I think, I think, at, one point, I think at one point you actually even said, what defenders would have 11 attacking returns? I'm thinking, yes, Chris, which ones would? And then, you'd, you know, I was thinking maybe at that point you'd go, oh, Trent or Robbo, you know, because that's pretty yeah. much it, isn't it? They're the only defenders that could, really. And I also thought that you'd think that if I'm telling you about clean sheets on clue four... It's a bit of a dick move for it to be a midfielder. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It crossed my mind that you would make that dick move. <laughs> so that's where that's that, that's where your you know your own personality has, has thrown me there. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's what it is, isn't it? Well, that's nice, isn't it? That's really what a lovely way to end the show, Chris. A slight on my personality. Yeah, fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can tell this has genuinely annoyed you, but what you've got to think about is that there are people right now with headphones in their ears listening to the recording of this, and they can't see the annoyance on your face. No, no, we're never going to move to a video pod, so you know, tough, 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 tough shit, basically. Yeah, um, yeah no, that that has that has annoyed me, but then only because I should have got it earlier, I guess. Um, not, but yeah, nothing, nothing more than that, but. But yeah, fair play. Yeah, I think it's kind of obviously him in the end. But oh well, we got I think, there. I think he's having like under the radar sneaky good season though, because actually, as well as when I was checking about where, where he was going to fall short of his, you know, best score, mm. he's actually got more points per minute than his best ever season. He right. broke two hundred in I think it was twenty eighteen nineteen, but he hasn't actually played. And although he hasn't actually played that many minutes, he scored a lot of points. Yeah, top ten in the game, one hundred and thirty points. Um, 
and obviously, yeah, the, the, it was actually, strangely, Allison, not Jota, who's the uh, fifth person ahead of oh, him. Really? Jota's just dropped. He's only just dropped out, though. He's got uh, Jota's got one two seven. Robertson's got one thirty. Um, but but yeah, like um, it's 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 funny because to think that yeah, he's got more points per minute than that. You know, fantastic campaign where they got where Liverpool scored loads of goals and kept loads of clean sheets and uh, yeah, uh, but but. I guess that's just the brilliance of some like like Salah's already over 200. Trent's at 180, and there's still like nine or ten games to go in the season as well. So I guess yeah. it's just all these other players having unbelievable seasons. It, it it's you know if if Robertson carries on at that pace and ends up at like I don't know 170, 180. That's maybe his price actually. I suppose seven mil for a defender. Maybe you'd want him to be to be getting closer to the two hundred mark, but still, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Without going off 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 on a tangent, I, it does feel a little bit like yeah. At the start of the season, we had all these all these sort of rookie players kind of breaking the top ten point scorers. You know, you like your Gallagher's and um, I mean, I was trying to think of a forward then, but struggle. Well, Dennis, I guess that sort of player, and then all of a sudden we've got six Liverpool players in the top ten. It's like, oh yeah. Um, you know, order has been restored. There, you know, we've got two city players, but there would be more if there was ever some consistency in starts for them. And yeah, I guess that that you know, the only one that, that look, looking at the top ten now, I guess the only one that looks vaguely rogue is Jared Bowen. Everything else looks like it could have been last year or the year before that, frankly. Um, so so yeah, it's uh, yeah, we've kind of. We're back to normal, back to normal in FPL terms, which is which 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 is grand. But yeah, no, fair play, fair play. Definitely should have thought of that one. Uh, anyway, Andy, let's uh, let's leave it there. Um, obviously, if our listeners do have any questions about how to navigate this potentially tricky blank game week, or equally, if they just want to, um, if they want, if, if we want to know, if they want to, uh, if they if they would have taken us up on our honey traps, then uh, how can they let us know? They can let us know on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And yeah, we do we do enjoy hearing off people. And we've got a few more followers this week, which is which is great. So if that means that any one of those new followers happen to be listening to us for the first time this week, welcome. You're very much welcome. We are we're delighted to have you here. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And we're we, you know, we although Chris and I have been doing this for a while, you know, we we ultimately we wanna we always wanna sort of improve. And so if you've got if you've got any ideas, any any things that you that you liked or you didn't like, we're we're open to feedback and we're we're keen and willing to hear them. So do let us know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and do also if you are a new listener, but also old listeners too, if you haven't done so yet, do remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Uh we will be back. We will be doing a uh, a blank game week 30 review show, and that's when we will probably take a bit more of an in-depth look um at the uh, at, at the doubles announced for game week 31 uh, and game week 33. But there is going to be a break between 30 and 31 because of international football, which uh, as long-time listeners of the show will know that Andy and I quite enjoy, quite just because we get a break from each other but equally we quite like watching international football too so yeah we're going to try and get um that review show done at some point kind of early next week maybe monday or tuesday uh, and then you probably won't hear from us from a little while before we will be really into that business end of the season and we start previewing game week 31 and beyond uh, so andy until then thanks for joining us in the fpl lounge 